listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Welcome to episode 64 of Cinemental. How can you talk if you haven't got a brain? I don't know. But some people without brains do an awful lot of talking. Then why don't you kiss me like everybody else does? How about new? The thing is, Bob, it's not that I'm lazy. It's that I just don't care. I came here like this so you'll know my word of death is true. And that my word of life is then true. Welcome to another episode of the Movie Podcast that we can only hope you enjoy listening to as much as we enjoy making. My name is Stephen Hoki, and as always, I'm here with my co-host, Hassan Godwin, and Lathan Conger the third. Our guest tonight, making his second triumphant return, is a storyteller from San Diego, California, living in Madison, Mississippi. He's an award-winning writer of comic books, short stories, short films, but spends most of his days still directing creatively as an ad man. James Ninnis, welcome back to Cinemental. Hey, am I the first one to hat trick? Yes. 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 <laughs> Absolutely. And you will probably be the first one to be on four times before we get anybody else three times. So I will do my best this episode to make you not want me back. <laughs> Why would you do that? Just let's just see how it goes. Let's just <laughs> just 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 to stave off boredom. <laughs> you, 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 you know, all you really have to do is just say, no, I don't want to come. All back of on. this is <laughs> all of this is because of how much you guys love crawl. And I just, I'm really it is. happy. It is. There you go. That Kroll was the seed that has blossomed Krull into the relationship is, we have. Kroll is James, you only have greatness. To say, you only have to say three words, and you're going to say them at some point in this podcast. I guarantee it. So we'll just wait oh, for that hey. moment. Ooh. Interesting. Uh, uh-huh. Something. Oh, what there. could that be? <laughs> That's a little. Latham's got the tarot cards out. Yeah. <laughs> Look at him. But uh, so let's uh, let's suffer from consumption. So, uh, Latham, why do you go first this week? Well, you probably picked the right person to go first because oh. uh, I do have an up- I do have an update though, and I all everything without getting into it, whatever was blocking <laughs> me from suffering from consumption is now gone. So now I'm going to catch up to you every week and just watch a ton of shit. However, Look, this I... pre- this previous week was not that week. <laughs> <laughs> Nice so, setup. Nice setup. Uh, uh, well, I was isolated, so you would think I would watch a lot of stuff, but I you would not. think I did more organization of things. Oh, uh, good for you. I watched. Um, uh, I just watched a couple of random movies on Netflix that I'd never seen from like the eighties and nineties that nice. I'd always wanted to see. One of them was uh, "Can't Hardly Wait." Which, you never uh, seen Can't Hardly Wait? Oh, no, my I God. Never, never seen it. And I, I liked it. I thought it was fun. So it was like exactly what I hoped it would be. And I was yep. happy after I watched it. I'm like, wow, I can't believe I didn't see that when that was in the theater. Um, I look at Can't Hardly Wait as a as a good double feature with um, Empire Times. Records. No, I was going to say the one with Rachel Lee Cook where she where they make her from oh, uh, oh, Nerdy. She, she's all that. That's she's cool. all that. That's a that's a better movie than it's given credit for. It's very cleverly written. Yep. yep. And she's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah, she can yeah, she's not 
I, that that was the only thing unrealistic part of the movie is that, yeah because even uh, nerdy she was cute yeah you you could try and dress her down but uh, you ain't fooling me okay I that already was the last know time she nerdy was wasn't hot. hot that was the end of nerdy not being hot <laughs> yeah, right yeah it was it was <laughs> literally <laughs> every movie after that Velma came out and everyone's like oh this is good we're good <laughs> yeah, it's all it works. <laughs> um and then I watched um I mean I'd seen it before but it never I probably hadn't seen it since like a film class or maybe one time afterwards was uh, a clockwork orange. And that was, that was fun to like, see what was going on with the, how subversive that movie was. And then the picture that coming out in 1971 and just going to the theater and being like, what the fuck dude. Okay. You should read the the book. Is the book, (laughs) is the book more subversive? Yes. Okay. Really, it's I, a close adaptation, though. It's a very, it's a, it's a friendly adaptation. It's not, uh, it's mm. not word for word, but it's, it's a better adaptation from Kubrick than, say, The Shining. You know. Oh, um, good point. And uh, <laughs> uh, funny thing about the book is Anthony Burgess wrote that um, with two other books in one summer because he thought he was dying. Oh, what are and the so- other? <laughs> He, uh, I don't remember the other two books, um, but this one was his least favorite of the three. He he strongly disliked the book, and that's the book he's basically mostly known for. Um, I didn't know that. That's cool. Did he? he yeah, didn't... it was. He got he got misdiagnosed with cancer. Oh god! And after he wrote it all, so so he could leave some money for his wife. Um, they told him, "Oh, by the way, you're not going to die. Congratulations, three books. Hey, got an update. There you go." <laughs> Yeah, you're not, you're not, you're not dying. I want to let you know something, you know, <laughs> maybe maybe get your money back on that plot you bought because uh looks like you're going to be around a little while. You could just picture him writing that. He's like, I'm going to say everything I want to fucking say. I'm gonna be <laughs> <Yeah. dead." laughs> like, I'm going to be subversive as shit because no one's going to no one's going to arrest me. And they're like, oh, you're fine. He's like, oh, fuck. oh don't, damn it. And I published already. But um, not to take away from you, Latham, it's a, it's a what you think of the movie ultimately? I mean, I think it's good. I, I liked it. I think better this time seeing it. I still think it's got flaws, um, oh, yeah. but it's it, it's something everybody, every person who loves movies should see. It's one of those movies, no matter how much I like it or how good it is or where you rank it, it's a must-see uh, as yeah, far yeah. as cinema, cinema goes. It's just, there's just unique stuff in there that's, you know that you've never seen before and probably still haven't seen it's still it's one not- of my favorites it honestly is one of my favorites i've never yeah. regretted seeing a cooper film like i've never well yeah. i may not like them all but i've never thought oh i wish i didn't see that i agree there's i've never i haven't seen them all but i've never not been glad i i watched any of his films even eyes wide shut i'll say it even eyes wide shut i left eyes wide shut's not a bad film yeah it's i don't, great, I don't it's also a movie. christmas movie i put it on the list at work <laughs> Stop oh, yourself. Don't 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 get into that. Die hard, right, James? <laughs> don't do it. James die hard Gremlins, yeah. die hard. Die, die hard and lethal weapon. Eyes wide Steve, shut. Steve is Steve is very particular about Iron what, Man you, 3. what you put the C word on. You label as the C word. <laughs> I mean he all that is, that is not a Christmas movie. <laughs> Jesus. I will beat you. <laughs> that is not a Christmas movie. <laughs> uh and then the last thing, only other thing I watched or we started watching was um uh, Night Stalker on uh, Netflix, ah, which is on my list as well. 
the original or the no, new no, 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 the, 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 the new, new Netflix series. It's just, it's oh, I don't. Oh, 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 about the actual Night Stalker. Yeah, the original Ramirez. Okay. Yeah. I did watch that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow, yeah. we all watched that. Wow. But that's yeah. uh, and then, then it's the usual Fuller House and, uh, <laughs> and ER and uh, friends. You need a pally cleanser after. Right, the but Night how Stalker. are you? How are you watching those without Amaya? <laughs> Uh, well, no, they actually we didn't watch ER until because I haven't seen her yet. But forensic files, we watch. She stands yeah. out, outside the glass door, and then you just like crack open the door <laughs> so she can get the volume. You run oh, a speak. You run a speaker outside for her. Oh, she's watching it at her house, and I'm watching it mine, and we put it on at the same time, and then talk about it together. So ah, uh, that's so how my friends like, we do. We do movie watch night. party thing. Yeah, yeah, it's like a it's like a watch party movie thing. It honestly, it sucks compared to. <laughs> in the same room but well of course yeah, there was no other option so that's all i watched that's my suffering for consumption all right hassan uh, uh what do we do um i watched a netflix uh series called unbelievable with um uh catherine um oh man a fiction series or a non-fiction series no um catherine deemer i think or whatever whoever was in uh, book smart I can't, I can't remember. Her oh, last name. the girl from Justified. Yeah. Okay. Um, I said sorry about how like she someone broke into her house and raped her, and then she the the, oh, the yes rest yes. of the story was that she yep. a was too two prong a she couldn't get anyone to believe that it happened, and to the point where they actually went through effort to convince her that she imagined it all. And then it's like, you know, a cascade of disasters after that, where she starts to lose everything and lose friendships and stuff like that. While the B story was basically two cops that are actually trying to catch the guy. So what is this it was, called? It's called Unbelievable. Because oh. she was unbelievable. Do, 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 no, no, it was not. What platform? It was uh, it's Netflix. on uh, Netflix. Netflix. Oh, nice. Cool. I watched News of the World again because I liked it. And I'm going to watch it as many times as I freaking want to watch it. And that's <laughs> the bottom line. All right. Because um, I think I put it down. I didn't, I don't think I, I wrote a list last week. So I didn't know if I had, had mentioned that I watched it again. So just in case I've doubled up. On You've it, now I, watched it three times. I've watched it three times, as a matter of fact. Yes. Wow. Um, uh, I watched a movie called Lockdown with uh, Anne Hathaway. It was interesting. I watched oh, I a movie called Fatal. With uh, with Hillary Swank, which was Patel. Okay. Yeah. Does it does it have an e at the end? There's a little no, difference a, between no. There's no e and fatal. I don't think there's an e at the end of it though. Well, that's what she doesn't she play a femme fatale in it? Not really. Oh, it's it just it called fatal. fatal. Yeah. Because <laughs> oh, Mister knows so much. Because people get killed. <laughs> There's a lot of people get killed. It's a lot of fatal. It's a fatal, fatal, fatal movie. Uh, I finished the Ozarks. Yes. Mm. Um, for so far, I'm still watching, still cycling through Lupin. Uh, oh, how is that? Doc- it's a. Uh, I watched a documentary called Echo in the Canyon. Uh, it was about oh, the people. It's it's about the- okay, so it's fatally. Whatever, Latham. Fatal. That's what it is. It's fatal. It's a Christmas show. Yeah. It, it, the preview is in red and green. It's a Christmas movie. 
fuck. <sighs> oh, I got black hatted. Great. I watched an episode of The Expanse. I watched another episode of The Expanse. I watched a season premiere for uh, Snowpiercer, part uh, second season. Oh, which okay. Was, which was great. Good. Um, I watched another episode of WandaVision, which is so far has been pretty good. Good. I uh, watched the Beastie Boys story. Oh, did you find it? That. How yeah, fucking great was it. that? It was fantastic. It was really fantastic. It was so much fun to watch. Um, which the 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 thing that's great and terrible about it is that it's like um. But not not as uh, not as poignant. It was like watching the the history of the Eagles, where as they talk, they start playing uh, tracks of music, and you realize how many of the Eagles songs made up your childhood, like right. just just you know your casual childhood. Now the Eagles were you know I don't know I wasn't that into them, but I do remember most of those songs, and I was surprised every time I heard a song that it was yet another Eagle song, a, another hit. But uh, the Beastie Boys was like very. It was visceral because I, you know, I that's, remember that's, every moment of those. Right in the heartland, right there. Yeah, maybe. yeah. yeah. Um, I love. I love as a documentary. I loved the format in which they delivered it, as opposed to your normal documentary, whether it be about right. music or not. Right. Um, which was Latham. You haven't seen this yet, correct? No, but I, I will. I want. And you to haven't watch. seen it, James. The Beastie no. Boys story. No. So what they did is they did a series of four shows live on stage with Mike D and um and uh and and Adam Horowitz basically just the two of them standing on an empty stage backdropped by images and movie clips and stuff like that and and they talked essentially for what 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 appears to be a, I'm guessing around 2 hours telling their story their history as the beastie boys and then they cut it together into this it's for lack of a better term, it's essentially almost a concert film, but there's, they're not performing. It's just them talking. It's a concert documentary. It's like it's, the first time I've ever seen where anything is it? like where, that. Is it streaming or do we have to rent it? Where did you find it? Uh, Hassan? Did you end up just downloading um, it? Yeah. Yeah. I found it on, uh, I found it somewhere in a dumpster somewhere. somewhere. It was originally uh, it was an Apple TV production. So I don't know if it's actually on their okay. platform or not. Yeah, I think it's probably still on Apple TV somewhere. I had downloaded it before you even watched it, Steve, but I forgot about it. Oh, like it was okay. like, oh, I mean to watch this. You had and it then, you know, yeah. Yeah. So um, I don't really even remember where I got it from. But yeah. when I went to go look, I, I, I realized I had it. So, um, but I, yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. It was on Apple TV. So it's probably still there. I can't okay. imagine they cycle that out yeah yet. if you if you were ever uh i mean listen probably lots of people were peripherally like the beastie boys at one time or another in their life and, and may not be into it enough to watch it but if you were fans of them and their and their music and what they kind of did and how they how they re completely reinvented themselves um and evolved uh it is an absolute joy to behold yeah, it sounds sounds I like totally agree. It was it was wonderful. I I watched a show from 2016 called Sweet Vicious. Uh, it was a it was an MTV show. It was ten episodes of it. That would um, be why. And it was it's about uh, vigilantes on a college campus who uh, uh, to track down and beat up uh, frat boy rapists. So, wow. Yeah, that's oh, a like that's, concept. that's pretty dark. 
It 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 goes there. It gets okay. dark, but it's a it's kind of a comedy. This was like an M- a, this was an MTV show. Yeah, it was. Wow, I it never was back heard in twenty. I think the end of 2016, 2017. and then they canceled it. It was doing. It has a hundred percent. Last time I checked, it has a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes as wow. a show. But um, I guess who uh, they they moved away from. They tried the 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 format moved away from scripted television, so they cancel it ah, after after the okay. first season, yeah. And then the Me Too thing happened, and all that other stuff happened. So now everyone was like, "Oh, this is a you know this is a tragic loss because this thing was this predated all of that." Right, right. So I checked it out. It's actually good. The daughter of uh, Brian Cranston's daughter stars in it. Okay, forgot her name. Um, and it's it. I enjoyed it. You know, it's quirky. It's it's kooky, but it I enjoyed it. And uh, that was uh, that was my consumption. That was your consumption this week. Anyway, uh, and I think we've suffered enough. All righty. So. Sorry you're suffering. I'm all right. <laughs> yeah, sorry you're suffering. <laughs> and now for our next segment entitled <laughs> Suffering from Steve. Oh. <laughs> so James's uh, feature film this week, which is uh, a departure from his normal uh, uh, sci-fi actioners, which is uh, sci-fi horror actioners, is The Departed. When I was your age, they would say we could become cops or criminals. What I'm saying is this. When you're facing a loaded gun, what's the difference? This is who we're after. Frank Costello. You won't be paid as a regular cop, but there's a bonus involved. So what do I do? You will not ever know the identity of undercover people. Do you have anyone in with Costello presently? Maybe. Do you know who I am? Maybe not. We are all convinced that Costello has at least one mole inside the Special Investigations Unit. You better get organized, quick. Hey, last time I checked, I tipped you off and you're not in jail. Getting the feeling we got a cop in my crew. Soon a lady's gonna find out who I am and he's gonna kill me. How's your brother? She's on her way out. You all are. Act accordingly. From 2006, directed by Martin Scorsese, with a running time of 151 minutes. It follows, the story follows two state police recruits in Boston, one of them rising through the ranks all the while a mole for the local Irish mob. The other joins the undercover division and becomes a mole for the cops working within the same Irish mob. They eventually become aware of each other and work feverishly to discover each of each other's identity before the words, their worlds collide on the street. James, why'd you pick The Departed? So I, I love Martin Scorsese. I love gangster movies. I love big casts uh, of famous people where you can always find the weakest link among A-listers. I love uh, remakes because they're almost always shitty. And I love being wrong. And I was wrong a lot with The Departed. I thought it was going to be a stinker. Uh, wow. I like Infernal Affairs. I actually was one of the few people who saw it before I saw The Departed. Me too. Um, I thought it was a really great idea. I thought it was really well done. And I was like, look, Scorsese's awesome, but he's finally going to crash and burn hard. Look at all these A-listers. There's no way they can all do great. And I walked out of that theater just flabbergasted uh, because I thought everybody did a damn good job. And look, you had me at Jack Nicholson, but when you add you know, Matt Damon, Leonardo DiCaprio... Mark Wahlberg. I left this movie and thought Mark Wahlberg was fantastic. I don't <laughs> think I've ever left a movie and, and said out loud, you know, Mark Wahlberg was really great. 
<laughs> Agreed. But if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be Scorsese. Also, uh, musically, since that's been a theme tonight, any any movie that throws the Dropkick Murphys in there is going to get a vote <laughs> from me. And something he did that I remember the first time I watched it, and it stuck with me, and I was reminded of it this week when I rewatched it. It's one of the few movies I can remember where the music just stops. There's no fade. The music's playing, and if you're paying attention, you know, you've got your music going, and then someone opens the door, and it's just a hard stop. Yep. Uh, and it's jarring. And I liked that. That's why I departed because I didn't want to do sci-fi. I didn't want to do horror. And as gangster cop movies go, the departed is, is in my top five. Shockingly. Uh, I had never seen this before. And like you, uh, I had seen infernal affairs uh, years ago, stumbled across it when I was in my uh, trying to seek out everything, everything Hong Kong action that I could get my hands on phase uh in the in the 90s and early aughts and this was uh i really enjoyed this this was you know like like you said you know <clears throat> i don't have the same kind of of thought process going in where i looked at this cast and and thought you know holy crap this is the this is the one where he's gonna fall down i i, I thought with this cast i was just you know i i, I understand that it's hard when you look at this many a-listers in one place it's hard to and I don't know if I'm not talking about psychologically or anything or from their side of things or egos or anything else, but I think it can be difficult kind of getting all the parts to work together the right way, because all these guys work in a certain way on their own. And, and it's easy to get one or two, but to try and get six or eight, like uh, that, that seems to me uh, an ability that a rare ability that that Scorsese has in spades. Uh, I think that he can, you know, I, it would be interesting to see a situation where you basically just walk up to him and give him a cast of actors and say, make a movie. It'd be really a, a really interesting exercise. Like Chopped? Like the TV show Chopped? Yes, but yeah, yeah, like a movie version of Chopped, yeah. exactly. Even the smaller supporting roles in this film are all people who have proven themselves on different platforms, different films. You know, his three lieutenants, uh, not the least of which is Ray Winstone, but Mark Ralston, David O'Hara, you know, Anthony Anderson has uh, a tiny role in this key, but tiny. It's it's every guy who needs to be on their A game and is every second they're on screen. Nobody... Nobody sits in this movie. It's like the, every single scene there. And, and you talked about Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg owns every single scene of the movie that he's in completely hands down. It's, it's literally like Scorsese said, like leaned over and said, Hey, listen, I know you're like the fourth or fifth guy listed on, you know, as far as, you know, hierarchy and money and everything else in this movie. He goes, but basically people are going to walk out of this talking about you. So uh, just be prepared. It, it's it's really good. There's a couple of things that that I felt with the with this compared to Infernal Affairs that threw me off a little. Uh, it was only after I started doing research that I realized why. I had a problem with the conceit that Vera Farmiga's character would cross paths with both of these guys, and that's the one, the only element in the film that I felt that feels forced to me. Uh, and the reasoning is that she's a composite of two characters from the original. 
And I think that that's one of the reasons why, but it wasn't enough to make me like throw everything, you know, the baby out with the bathwater. This is not a thing that, you know, it didn't draw me out of the picture for long. It I, just for a second, I was just like, like the scene, like that, you know, they cuts to him to DiCaprio sitting in her office. And I'm like, why the fuck is he in her office? That makes no goddamn sense. And it, literally they don't even tell you until like 20 minutes later when they have another conversation. Otherwise you're, you're still kind of like, I still don't get why the fuck he is in her office because he's technically not a cop and it makes no goddamn sense, but eventually it makes sense. And you understand why it happens. That's fine. I'm not harping on it, but it was like, it was one of the only things that stuck out to me in watching it that, uh, that I felt was a little tiny bit off. Scorsese claims that he did not know this was a, uh, a remake uh, until he was mid production. And somebody had talked about the original film and he was like, what are you talking about original film? Uh, because William Monaghan uh, wrote this uh, as a straight adaptation of the original of the original film's version. And they take elements from all three Infernal Affairs because uh, the second Infernal Affairs film uh, jumps back and tells the story of how they got to where they were at the beginning. And the third Infernal Affairs is not quite a full on extension of the ending or after the ending of the first one, but, and it's not as it, it, they, they obviously it's a lot of diminishing returns. They don't continually get better as they go through. But anyway, uh, I still liked the, the Hong Kong versions very much. This was great. A lot of fun. Uh, I mean, I feel like I don't, I don't know of anyone who hasn't seen this. I feel like I was kind of the last guy to the party on this one. I, I don't know, really don't know anyone. Who, I mean, even Deirdre was like so excited that she gets to watch it again because she's <laughs> just like, she, lo- she loved this movie. And um, this is the only remake of a foreign film to ever win an Academy Award for Best Picture. Scorsese's only Academy Award yeah, for Best Picture. Yeah, his first and only. Yeah. Right. right. Mark Wahlberg got an Academy Award, right? Or at least a nom. Didn't he win? He got a nomination. You got nominated. Uh, Latham? Uh, I have not seen Infernal Affairs, but, <clears throat> you know, I don't need to. I, I really enjoyed this movie. I saw it in the theater when it first came out. What Scorsese does that uh, a lot of people, you know, he has his own directorial style. That's, you know, undoubtedly true in every movie he makes. But he makes sure that whatever the setting you're in and the time period is spot on. And it's established from the get-go. So 15 minutes into this movie, you know you're in Boston. You know the time period, say, for the, you know, the beginning of the film when, when they start it when he's younger. But you, you're never taken out of one of his movies by a bad set or a bad uh, costume design or a bad choice of where the, where the particular scene is being filmed. And his attention to detail, I think, is what makes his films so special and stick out. That and obviously the acting and the story and everything else. But there is no weak link in this movie. Uh, Every actor, you know, nails what they've been asked to do. I'm actually not a huge fan of Vera Farmiga. I don't I don't get the allure of her. So maybe I'm obviously in the minority on that point. It's it's but, actually funny. I actually like her in this more than in a number of things I've seen her in, which is which is kind of interesting to me. But 
she was in up in the air, right? With yes, George, yeah. She, she, she felt was, out of place in it, didn't she? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. She she's the only part of that movie I didn't like, and I obviously she's a fine actress, and and she's you know, she's really good. I just I, I don't I don't get the allure of of putting her in certain roles. She's fine in this, and she's good. And after you, what you said about Infernal Affairs, she she was the amalgam of two characters, basically. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I, you know, I didn't, I didn't mind that plot twist. I think the whole movie is trying to dance the tightrope of how we come so close to people that hate us or are on our side or are, are not on our side in everyday life. And especially in the scope of a of police and mob action you know, that, that was the unique thing that drove the story for me is how they just missed each other and they had to fake where they were at times or fake what they were doing or get out of a tight situation. And this, this movie's just so suspenseful. And once it, once the last 45 minutes starts, I mean, you're just, you know, you're dropping your head back like five different times. And <laughs> especially with the big surprise that, you know, if you've never seen the movie, there's a, there's a, brilliant one uh, about 15 minutes before the end and uh you know it's just it's just fun it's just just scorsese just he he knows how to toe that line of making a artistic sound film and also making it entertaining and all almost all his films are like that i like nearly all of his films there's maybe there's one i really didn't like which we'll talk about during the martini but um you know, he's just, he's no tour and he's one of the greatest filmmakers of all time. And people said he should have won for other films instead of this one, but this one's certainly worthy of a best picture uh, Oscar. So I really liked it. I, I agree a hundred percent with that. Hassan. I saw this in the theater. Uh, I think I saw it with Deidre. Uh, you did. Okay. You did. Where, where were you doing, Steve? Why before didn't I, you go? Because it was well before I was. It was before I was here. I saw it with Deirdre and a bunch of other people. Okay, let's just let's just push that <laughs> stigma right out of. Son, let's talk about you and Deirdre seeing this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Son's known Deirdre a lot longer yeah. than I. Have. Um, how much of the movie do you remember, oh Son? Oh, <laughs> what? Why? It was a long time. I, what are you thinking? One of those nights, huh? Uh, <laughs> look, your movie sucked. I hate your movie. I hate everything about you. Thanks. We'll always Thanks have, for a terrible experience. We'll always have it follows. <laughs> Look, I, I, I really enjoyed the film. I think it's a solid film. Uh, I know that sounds like it's a uh, faint praise, but it's, you know, there, there are so few solid films that like this, just to say it's a, it's a solid through and through films, very compelling, very interesting. Like Latham says, it's, it really does set up the, the situation, the setting, the characters, the circumstances there's a lot of duality in it because they you know they they pretty much do the the matt damon scene just before they do the the dicaprio scene of him being interviewed by uh by queen and and uh digmum i think digmum Digmum. yeah yep it's you know it kind of just puts you on the in the mindset that these two characters are going to be on a parallel you know journey when we were the, and we're going to watch it and it's going to be it's going to this is the start of the circle and by the time of the end of the circle it pretty much ends in the same place which is pretty uh fantastic there's i i wrote that there's not a the, uh, there're not a lot of over complicated twists and turns but there are a lot of kind of 
twists, but they're kind of they're circumstantial twists that you can understand. There's a, you know, like um, the the sequence where Costigan just and that got me in the theater also, where he, the guy gives him Ralston gives him the wrong address, and he still mm. shows up yes. to the right place. Mm-hmm. And I remember in the theater, I'm like, that's not the right address. But because the movie just kept going, I just thought I heard it wrong. And then they, it, it comes up later as a point. And I was like, hey, I got that. But nobody cared because it was all over. <laughs> so we were done. Uh, <laughs> first thing, literally, it's the first thing I said when it happened. I'm like, wasn't it 344? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like, and I was so proud of myself. And it was all over. And nobody, like, what? People were looking at me like, shut up, dude. We're in the movie. You know, like, it's not time to make noise. There's a, there's a, what I did like about it was that it didn't waste a lot of time on, on subtext. But it did give you the subtext, but it was it was almost done subliminally, like where they would just flash scene, scene from 20 years ago, moment from 20 years ago, moment where, you know, okay, we killed these two people, you know, and then a little funny anecdote. Oh, she fell wrong. And that's done. You know, we don't we don't (laughs) we know that they go. She fell. Yeah, we go. We know that they go back. We know that they're you know, that's how he built himself up by killing enough people so that he could get to that particular position. But we don't need to know any more than that, you know. And so and they do that a a bunch of times where they just they'll they'll more often than not just flash you something and, and you'll see it and you'll understand it. And then you're right back into the roller coaster ride, which I thought was fantastic. Um, I don't have a problem with Vera Famiga, but I did write that I, I liked that she was terrible at her job. She was a terrible therapist. I thought that was I thought that was fantastic because every time when you get these movies where you have a lot of people in an ensemble cast, almost everybody is the paragon of virtue in their role. You know, that this yeah. is the great this is the he's a fantastic cop, she's a fantastic therapist, she's an unbelievable doctor, he's a he's you know, the unstoppable bank robber or whatever. And yeah. it's kind of great that she's just nobody's just an orderly. Yeah. And and the fact that she's just, you know, I don't know. Oh I don't even know what you she's easily flattered. She was an easily flattered character. She was easily manipulated by both of them which actually shows the, the, again, the duality between the two of them, that they were very much alike. And they were, very, I, I understand the um, feeling that, that both of them meeting her is, it feels contrived. I would, I would, uh, I would hazard, I would, I would suggest that maybe that's because you are fan of the original version. And so, you know, you, you can note the difference because me watching it cold, I, I didn't feel it was contrived because uh, there's a there's a sequence in the beginning where, where Martin Sheen says you're going to have to go to a therapist. You're going to have to go to jail and then you're going to have to come out and then you're going to have to you, you're going to have to see the, the, the psychiatrist. Oh, you see, I missed I missed that line. You're you're 100 percent correct. If I had heard that line, I wouldn't have thought twice. about. Yeah, it. I missed it you're the right. first time. I missed the line. I missed it the first time. Also. It's a very compact movie. The movie's very compacted like everything's quick 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 yeah quick, and that's another yep. well it uses no wasted it uses space mundane details as a storytelling device right like all the stuff you can normally just not remember because it doesn't fucking matter it's a it matters in this movie yep yeah all the little details for sure and yep. it's not common you know it's not a common occurrence which is why but watching it this time analytically allowed me to to see things that i just did not see when i first watched the film you know like, like, you know, them saying, like, we're, we're not going to be able to erase the fact that you were in the 80s, you know, that you, that you were a, a cadet, 
So we're going to, that's right. why you're going to have to go through this really shitty process in order to get around to this, <laughs> you know? And I mean, me personally, I have to turn that down. It's like, um, no, <laughs> how about I just stay a cop and just go about my business? You know, I mean, the offer that they gave him. Do you want to be him, a cop? Yeah. Or do you want to appear to yeah, be a cop? Yeah, but the offer that they gave him is like, <laughs> I'm about to embark on my career to be something, you know, that I've apparently worked for for quite a while. You're telling me I'm never going to be a cop. I'm never going to be a, a statey. And then I'm going to have to go to jail. And then I'm going to have to put my <laughs> life on the line with these criminals for at least two or three years. And then, you know, have to submit myself to therapy and, you know, all that and wear a wire and all the, 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 the terribleness that that jackpot, uh, in, 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 <laughs> I don't know. I can't speak for some reason. And then, and for what, just so you could get on the inside where you two are going to be the only, in this dangerous fucking town, you two are going to be the only ones who know that I'm on the inside, you know? And, you know, because the the department is so fucking corrupt that we have to we have to keep your file locked and we have to keep minimum to nobody uh, up yeah. to date on what your you know you, what what your exploits are going to be. That's a real and true firewalls must be put in place between our side and your yeah. side because and we're all cops uh-huh. theoretically. And that's like that's on day one of his job. He's there for his morals in the Iraqi Navy. His, he's there for his job <laughs> interview. And that's the, yeah, that's the yeah. offer that they gave him. The twist at the end, as like you said, Latham, that's that. I mean, it's really again, good. you know, I don't know so if that's in Infernal Affairs, but like walking into that cold was like, holy no. shit, you know. No, there's yeah. a there's a there's there are two different endings to Infernal Affairs, which I discovered later. There's the original ending that was only on the Hong Kong Prince. And then there is the ending which you whichever which we all know. Because that was on all prints outside of Hong Kong because they had a somewhat more political ending and they did more of a PC ending for the rest of the world as opposed to the original. China China made them do that before it left Hong Kong. Yes, that's correct. It wasn't for us. It was for China. But but China was was like, that ending you guys did, that shit didn't get it out. So you can change it and then we'll let you distribute it or you can fuck off and just have your little Hong Kong movie. Oh, we'll have you all killed because yeah. yeah. you, you, you show it in the 12 Hong Kong theaters <laughs> yeah. and enjoy your enjoy your and... yeah your minimal success but um really a strong film there's some there, it, it leaves some holes in it but i mean the holes are holes that you can pretty much discern for yourself what happened you know like he doesn't really explain yeah. what the letter was that he left for 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 Mega's character you could you could extrapolate what it probably was yes but it doesn't really it doesn't go into it Right. You don't need to know. Right. It doesn't. The the one thing that I was left with when I watched is like, how could Dignan have retired without at least trying to contact Costigan? You know, like he just left him dangling like that because he just retired, you know, and it's like, well, you know, you got a man out there and you know, you're the only one left now that Queenham is dead. You're the only one left that knows that guy is out there. It's true. So you just either he was the dick that he was you know, that he was pretending to be, he was genuinely that, that guy who didn't give a shit or that's an oversight. There may, there may be a, in a deleted scene somewhere that clears all that up as to what happened. With well, that, I, well, and the big argument scene that they have when he said, when, when, uh, 
when when yeah we didn't even talk about Alec Baldwin, but when Alec Baldwin is basically like, well, I'm your you know Queen's dead, I'm your boss now. Yeah, you know when he says he's like, you're taking two weeks mm-hmm. paid leave. He's like, he's right paid leave, blah blah blah. And of course, you know he in the heat of the moment, he's like, fuck you, I'll put my papers in before this, you know, blah blah blah. And you know, and that's and then the only confirmation we get of that is. Uh, Matt Damon telling Costigan that fact that oh he put his papers in he tells him so two I don't necessarily well, but... he, he, he because at one point he tells he tells uh, uh, Jack Nicholson that he put his papers in right he tells Costigan that he's on leave so he he actually right. has two different stories so we don't know what the truth right. is because he could have been lying right. to both of them well and Diggin never know? says he's going to quit when he walks out he says I give my papers first he says no you're going to go two weeks on vacation he says fine. He agrees yeah. to that. If you go back and watch, he right. agrees to two weeks off. I don't think he quit. I think he came back two weeks later and was right. like, what the fuck happened? And went in and right. started shooting people. Now, I agree with Hassan. Two weeks is a long time to leave your, your, your CO. Uh, uh, yeah, dangling when, when the world is on turmoil, when it's upside down and people are throwing shots at each other back and forth. I mean, uh, Matt Damon's yeah. squad had a firefight with, uh, with uh, Jack Nicholson's oh. squad, you know, five minutes after right over pretty much queendom's body mm-hmm. you know so this is yeah. it's it's not a covert yeah, they drive operation over yeah. as they leave it's not a covert operation anymore it's not a hole you can you can i mean you can appreciate it i think if dignam just disappeared after that and you never saw his character again and you didn't get that ending that we got it would have been it would have been a qualifiable uh flaw or hole in the story but since he comes back again just same with the letter. You could start to extrapolate, yeah. you know, scenarios yeah. of your own as to what, you know, is going legit. on. Yeah. Well, and how long yeah. between well, him walking out that door and and DiCaprio getting shot? Like to us, it seems like a long time. It could have been 24, 48 hours. Yeah. Like Dig well, could I, have not I, I been more got the impression that it was only that it was only That's a day I mean. or two. Like max. Like yeah. it could have been like, all right, I'm taking the weekend. Monday, I'll call. Well, no, I mean, well, DiCaprio dies, and then they have to have a funeral or whatever. There's, there's a well, after probably the death, a week. after the death, right? But I'm saying unto the yeah. death, Dignam walking out to DiCaprio dying. I'm saying okay. that could have been Dignam taking a couple of days. Off. He yeah, comes back and everything. I forgot about the, I, I forgot about the funeral. You're right. That's probably more along lines. He may have still been on right. leave though, and he wanted he couldn't. I and I, and I also appreciate that DiCaprio couldn't get in touch with Dignam. Mm-hmm. He told uh, Anthony Anthony uh, Anderson Andrew. to to call him, and yep. he didn't because Anderson was like completely oblivious to what the fuck was going on, and so or either he 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 was oblivious or he just couldn't find Dignam. Whatever the, the case was, you know, once the the guns come out, nobody's listening to anybody at that point. So right. it's fine. It's 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 a little like that was the only thing that kind of nudged me a little bit, just like um. Uh, just like what you say about the fact that they mixed those two characters together and you didn't buy 100% that, that you know, that they both ran into the yep. same. It's, it's the same with me. It's like I could get past it, but it is something that kind of sticks in my craw a little bit. Like, you know, that, yeah. you know, they very much. And, and it was I mean, it's not like DiCaprio was ambiguous about the fact that he wanted to get out of that situation. He was begging right. to get right. out for quite a while. So but eh, it doesn't matter. It's a great film. In spite of the way it began, um, <laughs> in spite of the first fucking sentence in the fucking movie, I'm like, what the fuck? What, what, what did I do? 
the, o- in, the only thing was, the black chap yeah I was in the crowd yeah. like what the fuck did i do i'm just i i paid to see this i paid son <laughs> of a bitch i remember That's looking fun. at phil and deirdre like oh come on dude <laughs> they're looking at me like ah. oh so it's gonna be that <laughs> yeah kind here of we movie. go funny because it's <laughs> true <laughs> Uh, <laughs> this, this the interesting part about this and again when you when you talk about making a movie like this and this kind of cast where every single person in this movie is a name someone you know not just making scale roughly half of this film's 90 million dollar budget went to salaries <laughs> actor salaries think about that so he essentially made this movie for 45 million dollars and i bet over take- half of that half went to nicholson <laughs> <laughs> and he deserved every penny. He was, he was, he's Nicholson. Yeah. He, uh, he was, Martin Scor- Scorsese originally wanted Al Pacino for the role of Costello. Wow. Uh, because he had never worked with Pacino. Uh, Pacino, Pacino turned him down. And uh, Nicholson was Scorsese's second choice. Nicholson was excited to do this because he was looking for another meaty bad guy role to sink his teeth into after doing a few movies there in the nineties where he, you know, as you know, as good as it gets. And uh, uh, there was, there was two or three of there where he played. Yeah. Where he was just kind of like just being, just being a good actor. And uh, he wanted to get into that, that good meaty lunatic role. Um, a lot of his stuff was ad-libbed. Uh, Scorsese saw the, the upside to letting Nicholson kind of be Jack and kind of bring some things into the game. The whole sequence with him at the opera uh, with, the, with the two girls, one white, one black, the scene afterwards in the hotel with the giant bowl of Coke, all that Nicholson's idea. Uh, you know about uh, the, the, why it was deleted? So this is interesting. Wow. Uh, Sally Toussaint is is Miss USA World. Deleted from deleted from so where? Sally Toussaint is the black actress. She was Miss USA World, right? She gets okay. in this movie, and there is actually somewhere on the cutting room floor a threesome scene with Jack Nicholson and the two women and the drugs. Um, Here's the problem: she did an interview in a magazine, and she spilled the beans on the film before it was out. And Scorsese was not fucking happy with this girl who was an extra talking and giving away all this shit about Jack Nicholson in this magazine. So he called her and he said, if you do not call them and get them to not publish the story, I'm gonna cut your fucking scene from the movie. Wow. She could not get them to pull the story. The story ran and he cut everything but what he needed from her out of the movie. So there is like a five minute sequence. That whole thing was meant to be a sequence with a crime and it was all chopped because she had a big fucking mouth. And Scorsese, 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 you didn't didn't have any shit. Exactly. Moral to the story is keep your fucking mouth shut. Well, yeah. yeah. You know I mean, how many films on. she's done since? That's, that's... Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah, yes, there you, you go. You do, you do know. know because you, you yes. can't think of one. <laughs> Is it a number <laughs> lower oh than one? <laughs> Still info about the plot, though, or just that scene? I didn't read I the mean... article. All I had to... look. If Martin Scorsese doesn't want her to talk about it, I don't want to fucking read it. Well, I mean. <laughs> I mean that scene giving away the info from that scene is fairly irrelevant. If she right, said, she "Oh, so and so dies at the end," that's a whole different story. I mean, well, that's just it. If it was intercut pet. with, if it was intercut with other content from the movie, and there was a sequence where it was tied to, and then she was talking about that, then maybe it did give away a plot. When senior filmmaker Martin Scorsese says, "Shut the fuck up." <laughs> And you are just, you and your your big experience up to this point is uh, checks notes Miss USA World. <laughs> checks notes. You shut the fuck up.
Yeah. Okay. Like very true. There is no. I don't care what she said. Shut the fuck up. There is Fair there enough. is something about this movie that I don't that even though they explain it and they over explain it and they hung a lantern on it that I still had a kind of a hard time with this new guy you know like explodes onto the scene into your organization right and suddenly you got a rat you, even if it's not that guy you're getting rid of that guy you know. So that was my only right. like, oh, come on. Like every the 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 problem with they the the problem they had was that his rogues gallery was so was was so good. You know, it was such a good collection of of, you know, first of all, a great collection of character actors, but then also a good collection of like just, you know, cinematic faces or whatever. That, you know, you can tell that these guys just by, you know, just Ralston and whatever, by, by the way they act, they've been with this guy for, they've, they've been with them for yeah. years. So, Especially Fred. Yeah. So this brand new kid comes in and suddenly there's a, there's, there's a heat. Where's all this heat coming from? You know, where's, you know, and which is not this movie. I'm yes. quoting another movie, but anyway, it's, it's <laughs> Costigan, you know, like it's, I don't care. Now the, the, the conceit is he's, he's a, he's a legacy because his father was known, right. his uncle was known, you know, whatever. So, they, you know, that that limits what they can do to him immediately. That also probably will limit their suspicion of him a little bit. But it just just seems to me like there was no subtlety on the part of the of you know of the department of the people who had him undercover. There was like there, there was there was like okay, we're good. there's no attempt to protect his identity whatsoever. They threw him to the to the lions. And then just just turn up the heat all the way to eleven, and let him dangle like that. So that's yeah. one thing that kind of bugged me a little is that the criminals weren't like I, I would I would be suspicious of that kid from day one, you know. But didn't they right. kind of? I mean, right. so Jack, they did. Jack I'm not saying that they. But he has that scene with him, and then he doesn't use him. Yes. Right, He's, and then right. he tries to smoke him out because he tells him something that isn't true, and then calls Matt Damon and says, did you hear anything? And he's like, no. So he's like, okay, it's not him. So like in in defense of that, the only pushback I would give is he was suspicious of him. I know. And did try to smoke him out. I'm saying they did hang a lantern on it. They did did call to it. I just don't see them ever relaxing Mm. off of that. You know, that's fair. Um, Because they already they saw right through the, even though we don't necessarily know whether Ralston really was undercover or not. And they, they give us a hint that he might have been. They, you know, when, when they mention that he was an undercover cop on the news, they don't believe it for a second. They don't even buy it. You know, they're like, no, the cops are just telling us that so that we don't actually look for the real rat. Because remember when, um, well, mm-hmm. I don't know what Ralston's name was, but when he got shot, he, <laughs> Delahunt. Delahunt, he realized that he had given Costigan the wrong address. And he says, like, ask, you know, ask me why I didn't tell anybody. So it's yeah. a little bit of a hint that he might have been undercover also. Oh, it's they not say it. They say hinted. it like 10 it's minutes a, later. It's right. a, it's a, but they, you don't know. It's yeah, just no, like everything else. He was an undercover cop. The cops, the, the police say it, but then the, they, right. they... But then he turns around and says, they, they said he's a cop, so he thinks that we'll stop looking oh, for I the Yeah, they anymore. discard it. They, you know, so it's, they give you... Yeah. They give you an uh, a possibility that it's not, that it's a lie. Sure. It's not like they yeah. confirm it. They never confirm he is... They don't confirm that he isn't. The, and, right. and the only thing we have to go on is that he did give a... He, is the 314. Yeah. Right. So, but if, fucked if that's not interesting. 
you know? <laughs> no, absolutely. It's not boring. And I, I was just going to say that's <laughs> that scene that he has with Jack talking about. I love the I love the writing in that scene where where Nicholson is talking about both his father oh. and his uncle. And, and and you almost get a sense of reverence from Nicholson and respect about the fact that a his uncle Jackie was a fucking piece of shit, but he also respected how much of a fucking wow. badass he was. And then he also respected his father, who was a clean working man who never got involved with the nonsense. And yet he also still respected as a badass. Yeah. He's like, your dad would probably do just the same thing. He'd go through five guys to put a bullet in my head. If he knew I was talking to you while he's drawing the naked but nun. Yeah, well, he's the whole time he's trying to draw the naked man. So, so real quick, and this is something that I've only been thinking about today. I, I okay. want to talk about exes. Yeah, there's a lot of there's symbolism. a lot of symbology. So, so yeah, it's interesting though. Uh, I read I read somewhere that every time someone's about to die, there's an X on screen, right? Which is fascinating, yep. and you can Google that, and they actually will show you scenes when someone dies or before they die scorsese was very careful to make sure there was an x to let you know that death was coming which is which is interesting in infernal affairs the 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 two characters kind of run in parallel paths and in this one the characters kind of do an x which is interesting um dicaprio starts as a really shitty cop uh but he wants to be a cop right like but he's 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 not, he's getting with the program because he's being told what to do. And he's really good at being a criminal. Like when he gets there, he bashes that dude on the fucking head right away. Like he, he takes to it like a fish to water. He is fine. But by the end of right. it, he's really, he doesn't even want to be a cop. His goals have changed. Everything has changed. He just wants to get the fuck out. He doesn't want anything to do with anything. And he's gone in a very different direction yeah. than what he thought he was going to do at the beginning of the film. Same with Damon. Damon starts, everyone loves him yeah, at the beginning. He's the golden boy. And he seems yep. to be a like the big team player so much so that he wants to make the cops happy and he wants to make Dak Nicholson and the and the mob. He can make it all work, right? And by the end, the only person he's looking out for is himself, which is the opposite yeah. of DiCaprio's yes. character. So you've got these 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 characters <laughs> going in an X, which is different than Infernal Affairs. That's funny. And the X is yeah. everywhere. I just I don't know. I thought that was kind of an interesting thing I hadn't put together before it was kind of laid out for me, um, that their arcs do not go parallel like the source material, that they actually cross one another and end up where they need to be to complete their arcs, which happens to be where the other one started, right? DiCaprio becomes the team player. Damon becomes the selfish person. And they, they were very much the opposite at the beginning. Right, right. Interesting. That's it's, a good way. Yeah. To, to Especially really, uh, when there's X's all over the film, it's hard to believe that's an accident. Yeah. There's a, on the, on the Blu-ray, on the DVD, because I have this on DVD, that's in 2006. <laughs> Long time ago. <laughs> Whatever, Steve. Uh, <laughs> ahoy, ahoy, paloy. <laughs> the, there's, a, there's a little featurette about the, the symbolism. Uh, oh, okay. And then w- while watching that, because I didn't know what the fuck he was talking about, mm. I was like, what? <laughs> and they you, they do point out most of the things, but it still it still goes way over your head if you don't understand. There's so that uh, there's more to it than just the X's. Also, there's a there's a lot of yes. other little things, mm-hmm. you know. And the one thing I found uh, that I wish they would have done, and they they ended up not doing this, but the one thing that they had planned to do uh, is they had written the roles 
uh, or Monahan had planned, or I should say, so Scorsese had planned on when they make the deal for the for the processors with the Chinese guys, they had planned for the main Chinese guy and the translator to be played by Tony Leung and Andy Lau, mm. who were the two leads That's from cool. Infernal Affairs. Oh wow! And apparent and apparently they as as a, just as a, a little cameo. And uh, apparently they couldn't put it together. Oh man! But that was that that was what their plan was to have them involved. So. That would have been amazing. Um, Ray Liotta was the original <laughs> choice for Dignum. Oh boy! Um, he had to decline due to other commitments. They then offered the role to Dennis Leary, and then due to scheduling conflicts uh, with Rescue Me, uh, not did not allow him to to come back to that. Uh, Brad Pitt, uh, whose Plan B shingle production shingle is one of the production companies on this film was originally cast as Colin Sullivan. He was going to play the part, but he then dropped out because the opportunity arose to make Babel with uh, Alejandro Inaritu. And uh, so he, he went ahead and dropped out of his own production. He plan B went ahead and produced the film regardless, but um, that's how he left the project. Uh, Robert De Niro turned down the role of Queenan because he was in the process of putting together his directorial film, The Good Shepherd. Wow. All of of Scorsese's like go-to guys. Right, exactly. On the one movie that he wins an Academy Award for. Matt Damon was supposed to be the star of The Good Shepherd and he dropped out to make this. Yes, that's that's correct. So, well, he eventually did make The Good Shepherd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After completing The Aviator, Martin Scorsese had kept Alec Baldwin in mind for future collaboration uh, and ultimately decided to cast him uh, as Ellerby. But he was not the first choice. The first offering of the role was done to Mel Gibson. Uh, But Mel Gibson was ramping up uh, production on Apocalypto and uh, would not have the time to devote to the role. uh, And so he bowed out. And that left it open for Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin, beating um, the shit out of the guy who sets up cameras, will forever be one of my favorite moments in cinema. Yeah, can, can I talk to you for a second? He, yeah, he yeah. just kind of falls on him too. He doesn't. He just yeah. like he hits him and he just falls and keeps going. It's amazing. Yeah, it felt real. That's for that sure. was awesome. Sorry. Anyways, keep going. Oh, that's all right. I love, that's all right. I love when he hugs Anthony Anderson. He patriot ass. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He he and Mark Wahlberg and Sheen were perfect. They were perfect. Yeah. They were perfect. Oh, Mar- yeah. When- so was Nicholson. Yeah. I I know I know anybody could have done that role, but I don't think they could have added the kind of weird menace right. that, a, yeah that a little bit of extra it's crazy yeah. confidence right like he's been doing yeah. this so long that it doesn't fucking matter yeah, like, anymore. like it, it, it's not it doesn't look like no, he's acting but he yeah. still had enough like i love that he was so hung up on priests and boys like it comes up yes. a lot it has nothing to do with the rest of the movie but there's this this he that is his character right he's an irish guy <laughs> he's a gangster and he done crosses every line there is and he hates priests for touching boys. Like, oh, like yeah. that's his more like it, yeah. the, the, the idea that that's his morality is fascinating yes. to me. I just, yeah. And yeah. I just don't think Pacino could have, I think Pacino could do anything. He's to great. Be honest with you, but I, I don't, it's a whole different feel. Yeah. I just yeah. don't like when he comes out and he's covered in blood, like Costigan said, he's, he was covered in blood. He's fucking doing creepy shit. Like he, <laughs> like you buy, 
you buy that DiCaprio is, is <laughs> got to find some new guys. Literally spooked out by him. Like yeah. he's literally like freaked out. Like this is a it's like seeing a horror movie. There is a parallel Whereas, universe where Pacino played it, and we have the better film. Yeah, I think I think Pacino would not have been able to resist chewing scenery, <laughs> which I live for. But I don't think it would have worked in this in this kind of setting, no, you know, with no. this kind of film. Yeah. I also, agree. he does not look Irish at fucking all. No, yeah, there is that. <laughs> like Nicholson yeah, can yeah, pull off call. the old man Irish thing, but like <laughs> yeah. Pacino. Uh, yeah, that would have been a little tougher. <laughs> so this was the second uh, screenplay written by William oh. Monaghan. The first screenplay written by William Monaghan is a film that is championed uh, readily by Hassan and myself, Kingdom of Heaven. Yeah. That was uh, his first his first screenwriting effort. Um, and ironically, this that up. was written um, uh, not to not to sidebar too far. That was written as a as his home project. He yeah. went in to write a, a film called Tripoli for for. Uh, That's right. That's right. Yeah, for Ridley and Ridley is like, hey, you have anything else? And he was like, I got this movie on the Crusades just hanging around and that's how that came into be and we still haven't seen that tripoli movie so no no no. (laughs) and then and then so then after this monahan uh ended up adapting another novel for ridley scott uh for body of lies with uh dicaprio and russell crowe and then uh he did uh edge of darkness wow strangely enough before moving on to some lesser (laughs) well-known stuff (laughs) And uh, well, he, his own directing, and then the finally ga- his own directing. Gambler, right? He, yes, he peaked, that was his direct. He peaked yes. too soon, you know. Like he peaked very early, so he's he had nowhere to go but down. So he'll be back. He'll be back up. The guy's <laughs> yeah, a great got, writer. Uh, yeah, he's got a. Uh, he the movie right before the Gambler uh, was his directing debut, a film called London Boulevard with uh, Colin Farrell, and uh, and then uh, he's got a movie. He did a movie called Mojave. I don't know that one. No, no, Which that I don't know. Uh, I Oscar Isaac Oscar Isaac, and Garrett Hedlund. Looks like he directed it as well. Oh, really? Oscar Isaac and Garrett Hedlund? A suicidal artist oh, goes into the God. desert where he finds his doppelganger, a homicidal drifter. Wow. I'm kind of into that. Jesus sounds Christ. Like, sounds, a little, uh, sounds like a little bad influence to me. Uh, but uh, and, then he's, and then he's got an announced screenplay for a film called Marlowe. Which is based on Philip Mar Philip Marlowe, according Philip to this, starring Liam Neeson. So we'll see how that oh, plays out. Wow. Okay. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I'll, so I'll be uh, there. We'll, we'll see. I'll how, see anything. We'll, we'll see how Neeson. that goes. Yeah. But uh, and we'll obviously, as Latham said, we'll uh, we'll discuss a little bit more about uh, Mr. Scorsese. We haven't done a works, Scorsese uh, film, sure. have we? Sure. No, we have. Is this not. really the was, first uh, one you guys have done on here? It's the first Scorsese James, film. We get a lot of hack guests in here, man. You know, it's, 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 it's <laughs> wow, really? You got to bring these pal- me as the palate cleanser in to help you guys out. We had some idiot on that picks crawl. Okay, now we have at least someone who's picked a you know a respectable movie <laughs> yeah. like The Departed. That's right. I just want to point out that the guy who brought you crawl is the only one to hat trick your show. That's right. I don't That's know who right. you're talking and about. We don't. I don't get what you mean. So, <laughs> so now we will, we will, from that point, I can't we wait. will all I'm be I'm already departed. picking movies out for the fourth time, guys. It's going to be great. <laughs> Pick a different genre. Pick Bad a boy. lesbian musical or something. It's going to be great. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, fine, fine, too. 
Oh, thank goodness this is over. I mean, <laughs> I know it, it normally, normally we would go right into the martini here, but as the, as, as fate would have it, I, I, I was able to find a, a few posters worth looking at. So looks like we're going to do with anything. Looks like we're going down the tubes. And again, the internet is not something that you just dump something on. It's not a big truck. It's, it's a series of tubes. Is that a proposal? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a good day, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, USA, UK quad, here we go. Uh, here we go. Uh, posters. Uh, go ahead, Stevie. All right, starting with uh, starting with the departed. Uh, this is the uh, USA. This was the standard release. Uh, this was also actually released in three other forms, looking literally exactly the same, but instead of the three leads getting spots in the poster, there's their focus poster. So there's a focus poster for Nicholson. There's a fo- focus poster for Damon and a focus poster for uh, DiCaprio. I did not put them in here um, because it's mostly just the same, but just a different, you know, a slightly different headshot spread out over the whole opening, but I like it. It's nice and simple. It's a nice, simple graphic poster. It's good. Doesn't I give hate any- that they use the tag or like the line from the trailer. Oh, when you're facing a loaded gun, what's the difference? Yeah, it doesn't that, really do anything sit, no. in and of itself by just kind of sitting there. It doesn't. Yeah, I, 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 I agree like with the, the same tag. thing. The movie, I don't, I don't like it. The design is fine. I just don't like that tag. Yes. Yeah. Neither do I. I don't like that they had to use the title twice because no one could read. The title. <laughs> like, what's the point? That's a great. That's a great point. Well, the original release was called. It was the Departed. The Departed. That was the original. <laughs> The, the on, dearly, Hassan, Hassan, dearly Hassan, departed. Try to, please, man, come on. That's right. Sorry. I'm sorry, dude. I thought I'm you guys. Sorry. were I'm bringing the whole show down again. I'm doing it again. What I'm the hell? <laughs> Stupid mom, Monongahan. <laughs> so next is a UK quad, which is just a, a, a three strip image of uh, images of the three guys. This actually works a little better. But uh, both of the posters overall. say Mark Wahlberg, but he's not they, on it. That's true. Well, I mean, yes, Maybe that's true. He's hidden somewhere. Maybe he's, he's standing he's, behind. He's, he's hidden in Matt Damon's shirt. Well, it's possible. <laughs> As their big Nicholson looks real young. In yeah, this. I know they really play him to be younger than older the whole movie. Yeah, well, except, yeah, except for the very beginning. But yes, want to see an old Nicholson. Boy. That's right. Uh, so next we have the Spanish poster. This particular image, uh, I found that for all of the foreign markets. They just took the same image and changed out the title and just, you know, to whatever it was going to be locally. So calling it Infiltrados for uh, Spain. And, uh, you know, other than that, that's... I that's, like it, though. I think they could have blended it a little better. The blended the, the images. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a poor Photoshop exercise, yeah. unfortunately. But, uh, you know. <laughs> Looks like DiCaprio and Damon are pals. Yeah, like they're, they're, like they're like solving a crime together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, next is uh, the Japanese, which is a, a variation, but a better image of Nicholson, I would argue, yeah. than uh, than the one that they used on the UK quad. And he's coming between them, you right? Know, and it's a uh, yeah, thin blue, th- and, he, and, he's, and, he, and he's got better. the thin blue line thing going. You yeah, know, a little subtext there. Mark Wahlberg's yeah. name again. 
Oh, those are the four main guys, you know, that they're, that they're, that they're, that they're calling to milk for the four main guys. So he got a, He needs a better agent so he could get on the poster next time. Yeah. I guess I wouldn't have put him in the top four. I, I, maybe I'm a, I don't know. That's well, who else? I mean, okay. There's Alec Baldwin, but he wasn't really in it to, to the right? extent that what well, about actually, her? Though, Baldwin's Baldwin's role is a little bigger than Wahlberg's. Though. And so was hers. Uh, what's her name? Uh, From Mega, but nobody knew who she was at the time. Yeah, she's That's not going to get. She's not going to get billing. And you're not going to give. Sheen, you know, though? I, what about Sheen? I, I agree, but <clears throat> and, and and he actually had a couple of extended scenes with him outside of the yeah situation. Uh, I don't disagree with you. I I just think that having I think Wahlberg. I'm sure Wahlberg got paid more than Martin Sheen did. Yeah, and I get that his name's a draw. It's just weird that yes, with all the names in here, we'd be like, well, but we got to make sure Wahlberg's on the poster. Yeah, <laughs> but only in name. Like, we're not going to list all the actors that are in this because we don't have room for that. Hey, listen, sure if you do done. if you do a movie about Boston and Wahlberg's in it, I mean, people are just going to be like, oh, we got to go see this because you know, at least everyone in Boston does, I guess. Yeah, I guess. So uh, next is an image by what the uh, fuck uh, is this? Great, love it. <laughs> Gouache or gouache. This is really um, clever. It's a fun little. Uh, the rat's got a tattoo on him. It's good scars. It's great. <laughs> Who is uh, Kristen Dalston in the movie? Kristen Dalston was uh, Gwen. That the girlfriend? Uh, that was Costello's girlfriend. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's Because when I looked at it really quick, I thought it said Kirsten Dunst. And I'm like, what? No. <laughs> Like that was not Kirsten. Who I actually thought was a, the grown-up version of the girl that he flirted with in the in the deli in the first in the beginning of the film, but that's ah. not the same character. Mm-hmm. No, because mm-hmm. her name was Carmen, and uh, oh. the and his girlfriend's name was Gwen. So, right. Oh, okay, okay. Um, next is a piece by a guy who goes by the name Heartstrand. Interesting. Yeah, it's just a nice uh, graphic depict. You know, graphic. Duality, you know, the, the talking about the duality with the yeah. You need the title to to get it, though. I agree. You know, it's not. I agree. There's nothing specific to this. Yeah, I mean, it's giving stuff away. Yeah. So. Well, not names all the actors. A good book cover. Yeah, you're right. It's a better book cover. Uh, next is a piece by Matt Needle. Again, I nice, know. simple, and graphic. Okay. Yeah. I like the idea here. I don't know what happens in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This wouldn't make me go see this movie. Well, except for a Martin Scorsese film. But other- I'm getting "Catch Me If You Can" vibes. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bit. Oh, the graphics at the beginning of "Catch Me If You Can." Awesome. Yeah, it's fantastic. And there should be a flip phone somewhere in there. Right? Yeah. As, <laughs> as much as flip phones are featured in the film. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, look at this. Wait, did, did you notice that every flip phone has a switchblade sound whenever they open one? That's yeah. another thing that he that Scorsese threw oh, in. That's brilliant, really. Wow, that's yeah. it's funny. Smart. Uh, next and is you know the era because nobody one uses of the... a fucking flip phone anymore. That's right. Yeah. When I was watching, I was like, oh my god, that's when it takes <laughs> place, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. But I was, I, I'd forgotten how prevalent they used to be, and then they're gone now. This poster, as great as it is, unfortunately, gives a little away. <laughs> a little bit. It's one of those, they should have like a genre of posters like, they're for people who have seen the movie, but the yeah, poster's but cool. That's only Dignam only That's Dignam what survives. we look at, Latham. But I like Posters this. that are for people who have seen the movie, but are cool. 
That's oh. what we do. Oh, well, I didn't I know like any of us were cool. Dignam has his blue slips on. Yeah, he has okay. the slippery, the, the sound slippies. Uh, and Weird. next is that's a, a fan poster, though, right? Yes. Well, okay. yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, clearly. Yeah. Uh, so next is it's this is really great for two reasons. Uh, one, if you look up the poster for Mean Streets, you will see why this poster is actually as cool as it is. Oh, okay. I uh, I should have included it as a uh, as a side by side. Yes. Oh, okay, that's cool. Exactly. There's a little dude falling off the building. Uh, it's probably Martin Sheen. Yep. And there's also Massachusetts up at the top in the smoke. There's oh, that's what that is. Look like a, <clears throat> the view like from uh, his window. The view from his the view from his window, which was by the way, was completely manufactured and not a real view. That apartment cannot exist. It's at the school, right? It was like a college or something. Uh, no, the locate well, the location of the building that the apartment was in, yeah, but the, that that view is completely manufactured. That, that oh, I see. That that, that that actual location is impossible, <laughs> which is really funny. It's like an elephant between the two guns and its tails wrapped around something. Really? Because you don't see that that's a rat, really? Oh, it's a rat. My bad. Uh-huh. Oh, boy. <laughs> this is why I'm going to do away with down the tubes, because Lathan, Lathan doesn't, doesn't Lathan lo- play fair. Loses all. No, exactly. <laughs> well, I don't fair, yeah. <laughs> so then the last one is uh, I just put it in because I thought it was fucking hysterical. Uh, it's great. It's great. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself. <laughs> Good. <laughs> God, he was so good. I know, I know. It's like the more you think about he every so scene, good. every single scene he's in, and it's so great because when you first meet him, when he when when DiCaprio comes in for that for that interview sequence, and you're just like, okay, this guy's. I get it. This guy's being a fucking hard ass and blah blah blah. But it's literally every single scene he's in, he just acts that way. That's yeah. just who he is. That's not even like it's not even like an act. That's just who he is. He showed up and murdered a dude for killing. Like he is that guy. Yeah. Like that's amazing. He's not full of shit at all. Everything he said was true. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and people fucking clapped when that happened in the theater. Oh really? Like, oh my dude. god! They just murdered a dude. They just shot a dude right in, in his face he- in his front door, and everyone was like, "Yeah." <laughs> I love that they gave him time to say something poignant, Matt Damon. They yeah. like pause on it, like let him say something. He's yep. like, oh, okay. And he just shoots him, dude. I was like so happy he didn't get to have a cool line. He just went out like a punk with his groceries. <laughs> Which was, by the way, the same groceries that he took home as a kid. Oh yeah. no shit. I didn't catch All that. that. Stuff That's there, great. Yeah. The milk, the milk, the 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 milk, the bread. Awesome. Um, so uh yeah, so that's the departed posters. There were a bunch of other really mediocre um uh, not only uh, involving likeness, but uh, a lot of mediocre, um, minimalist, depart- uh, departed stuff done that it just wasn't worth our time. And uh, I would say, I should say that it wasn't worth the time spending on Latham saying, telling me he doesn't like it. <laughs> I'm just honest, you know, I'm just being honest. I know you don't appreciate art. That's fine. I mean, they, they- oh. uh, word of me. Uh, oh. Yeah, so I think we should uh, pour ourselves a martini and oh yeah, let's and, do that and now. talk about one Mr. Martin Scorsese. 
Scorsese. So, so just what is to, Martini? I'm new to this. I don't know this one. Martini. It's where we talk yeah. about the director of your primary film and his body of work and what we feel is his uh, the, the best films in his body of work. And now you're talking about a guy with a, a hell of a body. No pun intended. Um, yeah. Well, James, that's a proposal. Once we did what, what was it? Annihilation was that yeah. one? Yeah, we talked about. Yeah, but the, we, we've also talked about guys with entirely smaller, much smaller bodies of work. Yeah, I just didn't remember it being called anything. I I, right, I could have right. just missed it. So so interestingly enough, on IMDb, Martin Scorsese has sixty nine directing credits. But listen to this statistic: in the last twenty five years. So since 1995 in Casino, he has directed only nine fictional feature films. And in the 25 years prior to that, he only did 14 films. Where's all the other films? They're all documentaries. They're all documentaries and shorts. He has done he has done close to 20 feature documentary films. Wow. He's a, and he's been doing it his entire career. It's not just like a recent thing, but he's been doing more of them. You know, you know, he did the last waltz. He did shine a light with the stones. Yeah. Uh, those are his two most well-known ones. Yeah. But going through his, his list of stuff, he did it. He did one on George Harrison a few years ago. He's done is a he, lot. He's done a lot of documentary work. Go ahead. Hassan. Is he the most prolific out of that class? Well, uh, I would say I would say he oh. might he might beat Spielberg. No, no way. For films, for that no. many films, with I mean, tw- like with what twenty three uh, films? Spielberg made twenty three films today. <laughs> today, <laughs> <laughs> after breakfast. <laughs> it, 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 well, you say sixty nine films. I mean, you could count. He Why like, he, well, he has 69 before. directing credits, so that includes right. shorts, uh, and documentaries. Yeah, so I think you, he might feature he might films. Have, on. Is that what you mean? Like, who has more feature films? I'll, I'll explain it if you give. If you say if no, I didn't mean that. I said a directorial credits. Oh. He might be. He might be the most prolific out of everybody in that class. He's got more than Spielberg. If you're counting, he got more than De Palma. The class was De Palma, uh, Spielberg. Not they They weren't in the same class, but the same. Yeah, the same era, De Palma, yeah. Spielberg, Lucas, Coppola, Coppola. Definitely more Lucas. Yeah, he's definitely the most prolific out of all of that. I mean, if you're Spielberg just going right films, now. Spielberg has more films, but but he has fewer credits overall. Yeah, that's I, that. Okay, no, never mind. So I know I'm agreeing with I you. I mean, that's what like, I'm saying. No, 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 I'm agreeing with you. Like from a quantity am, perspective, yes, I am too. Yeah, I'm agreeing. <laughs> that's the I way it should be, gentlemen. <laughs> took you long enough in this show to figure out who's really right. Yeah, but that's thing. a really weird <laughs> that's a really weird way to quantify it by just sheer number of directing credits. Yeah, I mean it it short I mean shorts and I mean documentaries count, but you know, it's the only thing you want to say is that he was the most prolific out of everyone in that era, you know. Oh, I was trying to say was, I was found it really interesting that he only did 9 fiction features in 25 years that's the part i find most interesting and that has nothing to do with his entirely overall things just the fact that he's done essentially 23 films in 50 years i just find that interesting every two years i mean that's pretty good output to honestly i mean especially you're not you're right you're right 23 years quality of his let's talk about what james's favorite uh, scorsese film is 
If not the departed, Goodfellas. Yeah. I, I love Goodfellas. Yeah. Um, my favorite if, too. If we need if if it, if that's too obvious an answer, then actually I would do uh Shutter Abbey Island. Abbeyosity has Island nothing is, to do with it. it's what you love. Shutter Island is an underrated gem uh, yep. in my mind. I like that a lot more than I think most people. But yeah, those takes those a few players. takes a few viewings to the get other your head one, around it. The other one I really like is Gangs. So uh, those are my four. Not okay. seen Gangs, so that's on Gangs my list. of New York. Yeah, I know that's a real divisive one. People, I feel like you either love it or you hate it. But hey, it's a great. It's a great movie. Gangs of New York is my favorite movie wow. of his, but it's got a fucking horrendous ending. Mm. But um. Dude, that music but, at the beginning though gets you going, doesn't it? The beginning of the movie is perfect. Yes, <laughs> yes the it perfect is movie, and that's the music is called "Signal to Noise." That's a that's Gabriel, that's Peter Gabriel, that music, and during wow. that battle, that, just that whistle that mm-hmm. it's so yeah, good, man. Oh uh, my god, it's the beginning of the movie is unparalleled. The end yeah. of the movie, however, very parallel. Yes, <laughs> yes. But if you could get past, I mean, by the time you get there, you've been you've been slapped around so many times that you're like, oh, okay, just just roll the credits, you know. It's and I don't I don't mean slapped around in a bad way, but the end is kind of like it does feel like ah, guys, I got nothing. How do you think we should do? Uh, uh, explosions! Stop! Stop! <laughs> stop! 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 I haven't seen it. It's not. I didn't give anything away. Okay, I'm just telling you not to. <laughs> There's a blimp, and everyone dies. It crashes into everyone in the gangs. They're all dead. Now you don't have to watch it. What's your favorite? You, sh- you should watch it. That's a great fucking movie. It's a good movie. I, listen, I, listen uh, up until a year ago, I hadn't seen a Sergio Leone film. So, yeah. All right. Stevie, what's your I favorite? I fixed that. It's a good question. One that needs an answer. Steve, can I guess what I think it would be? What Steve's <laughs> favorite would be? Yeah, yeah. Do that. Do that. I, I would put Steve as very much a taxi driver guy. Oh yeah, no, I I agree. No, I really really like The Aviator. Yeah, ooh, good one. That that film just absolutely blew me away. But that's that's more about that's more about DiCaprio than it is Scorsese. I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, if you look that's... at his films, the films that don't necessarily. I mean, listen, Goodfellas is a great movie, but. <laughs> It's got a, again a stellar cast working together in perfect harmony. Uh, yes, that movie does not work if Ray Liotta is not. Well, oh, no, it's ensemble. Ray Liotta is the main, but it's ensemble. But um, and it's but it's a different it's a different kind of movie than you know his three big ones. You know, Goodfellas, Casino. Uh, you could put the Irishman in there. Departed. You know these Raging these. Bull. What'd you say? Raging Bulls up up there. No, no, no. Raging Bull, too. But again, Raging Bull is a showcase for De Niro. Oh, I see what you're saying. OK, yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's not it's he does these different kinds of films. He does these films, which are these almost operatic combinations where he gets a hundred different pieces moving in perfect harmony. And then he does these films where he takes one guy and puts the camera at him for two and a half hours. And this guy is sells it. 180 percent and you get done watching it, and you're just like oh my god that was amazing but it's it's a it's a team effort between that actor and scorsese as opposed to it's a team effort between scorsese and the 100 parts that he had to get in perfect harmony which one would you say the wolf of wall street is 
Wolf of Wall Street is definitely an ensemble movie. Yeah, for sure. That that there's just there's too many moving parts in that movie. Too many what's people. His, what? What's his worst movie? I know what my least favorite movie is. It's the worst only movie, movie. That I don't like. I know what I think. I know what it is, and I think it's bringing out the dead. You are correct. I think yeah. that movie sucks. There's I have not seen it. Emotion. Uh, there's a number of films that he's done. I haven't seen. I haven't seen Kundun. I haven't seen Bringing Out the Dead. I haven't seen Hugo, which I hear oh, a, uh, so Walter Hugo loves Hugo. Um, I didn't I, see this. I didn't see the Silence from a couple of years ago with uh, with uh, uh, what's his face. I, uh, I didn't even Adam know Driver that. as the. Monk. I want to see that. I haven't seen it yet either. I have a feeling I would not like the uh, uh, the Age of Innocence. That's yeah, another one I didn't really see. Boring. Cape Fear is good. Good oh, film yeah. is great. Cape Fear is great. Uh, Last Temptation of Christ great, is not a bad movie. It's not a bad movie. It's not a great movie though. No, it's. Um, I mean, it's. Uh, Here's the thing though. Every every single movie we have mentioned is is you take the worst one and it's better than ninety percent yeah. of the movies out there. Well, They're all like, like this yeah, guy is. Like, this guy is Martin Scorsese's like Pixar. But but what's crazy is I feel like. I feel like he's not discussed amongst the greats as much as he should be because he's kind of, he, like you said, he doesn't produce at, at like the movies, the big, the big movies as often as maybe right. some other directors do, but I don't know. I don't know what the reason is. I just feel like he, he's had a talented career that has not dipped in quality to the point where he should be forgotten. And he's right. easily going to go down as one of the best directors in the history oh, of cinema. I don't think there's a question there. But I don't think he's discussed like he is. Uh, uh, when he's brought up, he is he's recognized. Yeah. But he's not always brought up in those conversations. That and he doesn't do uh, he doesn't do a lot of uh, self promotion either. That's true. He doesn't he doesn't really push himself out there. I think he's always just like I'll tell you. I'm 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 you know looking at his IMDb page. His uh, I know that he's doing Killers on the Flower Moon as his next film, which I'm very excited about, which is a bird about the birth of the FBI. And uh, I just see now at the top of his list, which is announced, he's doing a Roosevelt biopic. Uh, and if you look at it, he's got DiCaprio attached to play Teddy Roosevelt. Oh boy. So that'll be, mm. I'll be, I'll be curious to see if DiCaprio is going to, going to dump, put, put on some pounds and, uh, thicken up a little or what what are they going to do with that uh it looks like that uh scorsese is also producing a tv series based on uh devil in the white city so that's exciting as well um i need there's a few after hours is a good is a great dark comedy i like i like that movie again um i haven't seen it in a while but it's de- it definitely shows its age. Don't 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 get me wrong, but it, it, I I still think it holds up. I've never seen the King of Comedy. Okay, I saw it a long time. I, I love the Last it. Waltz, is a documentary on the band. Uh, I've never seen New York, New York. Uh, obviously, I've seen Taxi Driver, I've seen Mean Streets. I've not seen Boxcar Bertha or Who's That Knocking at My Door. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of key pieces in his in his history that I haven't seen that I obviously need to rectify. I mean, every every week when I do research, I start looking into stuff like this and just be like and start making notes on stuff I need to add to my list and like go out and track down to to have copies sitting in front of me so I can watch them. So, did you see Shutter Island? 
Several times, yes. Okay, okay. Didn't make sure you get gangs though. That's that, I mean that one feels like G- gangs feels like an obvious hole that I yeah that's that a big I, one yeah. Daniel Day Lewis is I mean he's next level in that one. Yeah, isn't he always kind of? Don't, I mean that's isn't that the thing that people do? No, hey, but that one that one is a standout. Yeah, yeah man, that, that's, that particular one's a that's career making performance, man. It's it's wild. He's pretty good. He doesn't oh, feel it, it's it's you gotta see it. I'm not even gonna spoil okay. it by talking. About but what it. about like there will be blood? I mean, well, that movie's overrated. Oh, okay. no, disagree. Oh, yeah, but that movie's overrated. Yeah, no, it's not. Um, that, it there really will be is. blood is more subtle performance than than what you're gonna. Get yeah, into. there will be you blood. Is it... in the last scene of that movie when you fucking? See... Nah, I'm not even gonna get into it. We'll talk about it. That's anyway. That's... That any anyway. Hold on. I'll be quiet. Those two roles are basically the same caliber of of Daniel Day acting. Okay. Yeah. Bill the Butcher though is just I mean it's 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 on another level than Daniel Plainville. It's the same Okay. Yeah. It's the same energy but it's on another level. But it I don't shoes. really I I love uh, uh there will be blood. And I read the book too. So I mean I mean oh. you know, but I do too. I think it's a great movie, but it, that character does not choose scenes the way Bill the Butcher. No. Does. No, Bill the Butcher is like oh, Paul Thomas Anderson. Okay, please, someone pick that movie, please. <laughs> Somebody might. That's a uh, well. I'll pick it. I'll pick the movie. I still, <laughs> I still. <laughs> be honest, the guest. Hassan pick. I still go <laughs> to my kids and I drink their milkshake and I drink it up and I tell them exactly. that every fucking time and they've never seen it. They're like, "Dad, this is weird shit." When he drinks their milkshake, and I'm like, "I okay. drink your." Milkshake. I drink it up. <laughs> it's a great movie. Man. For some, you know. You know what? You know, maybe what we'll do next time is we'll do Paul Anderson and Paul Anderson. Hey. Oh, <laughs> oh. That's, that's fine because his one of his movies is in my top top. Be, of all that could be that could be fun. Paul, we'll do the the, the Paul Anderson and Paul, Paul Anderson, Anderson versus it's Paul just, Anderson. He took a dive. It's either going to be that or it's going to be the uh, dive. Uh, as bad as a Japanese kamikaze pilot with everything he did after Punch Drunk Club. Who are the two brothers? That the, the, the Fairley brothers. Yeah. The, but they're the ones. There's the two sets of them: the Fairley brothers and the Fairley brothers, like the ones that did Garfield. Oh, right. That right, Bill Murray right. thought he was working with, and then it was actually <laughs> the other ones. <laughs> That's not funny. That's terrifying. <laughs> did you hear? Have you not heard that story? Bill Murray no. got a thought he he signed up to work with. I, I think it was. I want to say the Fairley brothers. Um, and so he thought they were doing Garfield. He's like, that's really crazy. Like those guys doing Garfield. Like I'm in. So he signed up and he he, he signed the contract to Garfield. He showed up to set and it was a different Fairley brothers. Gee. <laughs> and now he's stuck. He's just and he stuck was like, with... fuck. That's <laughs> freaking hysterical. So he did fuck, Garfield because he, he thought it was a wrong brothers, but it could have been a different set of brothers. But anyways, yeah, it was pretty funny. The story still works. Yeah. It still works. Uh, Lathan, you can see him being excited about it and just being yeah. sad. Latham, you didn't like Inherent Vice? Dude, Inherent Vice was great. It's it's decent. That stupid, uh, what's the movie, uh, the last one? The Master? Uh, what? Oh, The Master is awful. God, is that movie just garbage. I didn't see that. No, I haven't seen that one. What, what is the, what's the one, um, not Uncommon Threat, no, um, the, he, had, the, he hasn't done a film since Inherent Vice. No, no. Yeah, he did the Thread movie. Or oh, the, sorry. Phantom Thread. Phantom Thread. Ah, come on, dude. Man, that's, 
fucking. What you hated it, but did you hate it because of content, or did you hate it because it's not interesting? It's just not okay. Interesting. So it's a content thing. I think Latham hates Daniel so Day Lewis. I hate who? Oh. Daniel Day Lewis. No, I love Lincoln. He's brilliant in Lincoln. He's brilliant in Gangs in New York. He's brilliant. He was in my good left in Lincoln. Foot. That's true. My left foot. Yeah, is Steve. Scary. You know what you should do, great Steve. Actor. He's great. Watch. There will be blood. That's not why I don't like. There will be blood. There will be blood. It's fucking boring. And the last scene, if you don't know what's going to happen in that last scene, when you see the fucking bowling alley, you don't see a lot of movies. Okay. And that, as soon as I saw it, I said, if what happens happens, this movie is not getting a good rating from me. And it happened. And that was it. Okay. So the, so the, so the fact that you were able to telegraph the end of the film is the reason you didn't like it. No, I also didn't like it because it was boring as shit. Okay. I didn't dislike it. I gave it like two and three-fourths, but I'm not calling it a good movie. And I'm not calling it essential cinema viewing like uh, The Departed or Goodfellas or whatever. Okay. Okay. That's- yes, it's on. I don't even remember what I was going to say. I should watch something. I should watch. Oh, you should watch Lincoln and then watch... Uh- gangs in new york yeah watch yeah. them back to back if you right. want to see i know you understand the man's range but if you want to see if you want your mind blown up watch those two <laughs> movies 100 yeah. correct he's he's brilliant in different ways in those two movies and it shows i've never seen either one the so. most range of any actor that, that would be a, a fun double feature but you need some time in the middle yeah, well, you, you, co- you collect a, your shit and make sure you Lincoln. Nap. You need to pack yeah. a hammock. Make sure you have a sandwich between Lincoln. The two Lincoln first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to end yeah. it on a high note. I think Lincoln's <laughs> a better movie, but that, yeah, it but is you, a better movie. But, but you, I mean, yeah, okay, yeah. But, but it's not a. It, yeah, you don't the, want the, the performance is very different. Yeah, you know? they are, and it's more visceral with Gangs in New York. Yeah, you want to end on that. You don't want to end on Lincoln. You you fall asleep if you. If you do gangs, think, yeah, you think about gangs watching gangs first, first, and then the opening of Lincoln, you're passed out. Yeah, you, you exactly. watch Lincoln, and then you hear that fight music coming. You're like, "Oh yeah. shit, what are we doing?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Steve, that's perfect. Watch Lincoln, have a sandwich, then watch Gangs in New York, and then put on There Will Be Blood, and you'll fall asleep halfway through it and have a good night's oh, sleep. Okay? That, that, that's a great a plan. Phone. That is a great plan. I like passionate. We- Get it, man. We get it. And then you I'm gonna watch. Like and then I'm gonna movie. watch Phantom Thread. Yeah, go ahead. Go go ahead and watch that. <laughs> that that like, at this point, Lazo's like, I dare you. That will be like that will be See, like Inception. You'll be asleep, and then you'll be put into a deeper form of. Sleep. You're gonna have a Daniel Day, Lewis oh, Day. Love it. Love it. What the fuck is happening, man? Why do I have to put up with this? Why do Why am I? Oh, day. Oh, it's great, man. <laughs> now, if you want to talk about Magnolia, though. Wow, dude. That's a movie I recommend to people, and they hate me afterwards, but that's a brilliant movie. Magnolia. Oh, yeah. With Tom Cruise? Yeah, that movie Top with- 20. Yeah, that movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> All righty. <laughs> oh, you didn't find that movie interesting, but There Will Be Blood was just... I find... I find movies that I absolutely hate interesting. Interesting is not the issue that I have. It's uh, not. I, I don't. I don't. I don't have trouble finding interesting. In the name of the Father, that's what I couldn't think of. Good movie. Wait, did we ever get your answer about your least favorite? Or yeah, your favorite. My, my least. My least favorite Scorsese. 
Yeah. <laughs> or your favorite. Yeah, my favorite one, uh, it's tough. I, I think I'd probably lean into the aviator without not counting, yeah. obviously, the ones I haven't seen. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, 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 need, I would need to review it, but I, I really like that movie. Um, but that being said, I mean, comparing, comparing the focus on a single actor based st- film of his versus these films that you can look at knowing what I know about filmmaking and understand what he pulled off to create that mm-hmm. is, is, is something else entirely. But, you know, beyond that, uh, as far as least favorite of what I've seen, least favorite of what I've seen, I'd probably say after hours. Mm. That would be yeah. my, that would be my low end. Um, yeah. I have not, I have not seen bringing out the dead. So I, I can't, I can't judge on that. You know, bringing out the dead, not really a good movie. It's a weird movie. It's kind of, it's, Is that it's the one of those Nicholas Cage. Yes. Okay. It's, it's one of those movies that is just paced all wrong. And it does takes a whole bunch of weird turns that don't kind of God, that don't kind of re- resolve themselves. Paul Schrader did the screenplay of that. I, th- I think that was peak cocaine Scorsese. Could have been. I mean, it's, it's the whole movie's in this weird sheen. There's this weird yeah. glowy sheen that's all over well, the whole and Sh- movie. And Schrader wrote it. Yeah, it's just it's just it's you know what? And when I was younger, when that movie came out, I was like, what a fucking amazing name for for a movie about ambulance drivers like imagine all the shit that they could do how you know this this could go either way it could be a comedy it could be really gritty drama and it just it's it just it's not really an entity it doesn't have a through line it's just it seems like it, to me it's almost like a a, a bunch of scenes strung together that actually don't make a lot of sense that's with right. each other it's a good description of it that's exactly right it's like little vignettes that aren't very interesting and they don't really connect. And not, they're not funny and they're not, yeah. They're, they're, I mean, yes, the, ultimately they're not interesting. And that's the biggest crime that they commit. They're well filmed. It's shot really well. It's very pretty. Martin Scorsese you know? has admitted that he didn't enjoy shooting this film at all. <laughs> that's good. It always makes me think of uh, Monty Python. That movie? Bring out your dead. Bring out your dead. Bring out your dead. I'm not dead. (laughs) You're not fooling anyone, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) How has no one picked a Spielberg film yet for our podcast? Wait, really? We had Jaws. We had Jaws. Oh, yeah. Never mind. (laughs) But why? why All your base all belong to us. <laughs> you know what I'm going to try to do next time if I if I do come back for a fourth one if if I am if I am back I'm going to try to find a good movie and a not good movie from the same director. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'll try that's to find one that's Yeah, that oh, might be Paul Thomas fun. Anderson, Magnolia and there will be blood. There you go. Done. We got it. Is that's Paul Thomas one. is Paul Thomas Anderson the No, he's the good one. I'm thinking Somebody, of Paul W.S. Anderson. Paul W.S. Somebody Anderson. send Latham a note that the horse is dead. Please stop hitting it. <laughs> Although we could do event, event Horizon for the real one. <laughs> event Horizon. For wow. Paul W.S. That's the what only good mix, thing he did. What a mixed bag that movie is. What a wonderful a mixed one. bag. I'll I'll pick that movie. Mm-hmm. The mixed bag. Sci-fi Lovecraft. Yep. Well, thanks, guys. Yeah, Absolutely, need- James. It's always a pleasure. Yeah. That's why I like... No, it's yeah. more than a pleasure. This is one of, this is one of my favorite podcasts of all time. You say Honestly. that every time, don't you? 
No, I said nearly. Very near. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was the best experience well, I've honestly, had since the last great experience. This, I had. this was a lot of fun tonight. Yeah, it was good. That's it. <laughs> I'm done. Peace. Later, guys. Later, brother. Thank you, Bye, James. Let's so, Thanks to Fesley and Music. Please check out our website at sentimentalpod.com for all the poster images we discuss on our Down the Tube segments. And don't forget to download and subscribe to Sentimental wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Or you can always listen to new episodes at sentimentalpod.com. Also, you Do can as follow we say. us. <laughs> Do as we say. Also, you can follow us on all major social media accounts at sentimentalpod. Person <laughs> Godwin, Latham Conger III. And Nia Number from Return of James, the Jedi, Muteoke. <laughs> James Ninnis and myself, we say thank you so much for listening as always. And in the words of our friend and undercover brother, Truman Burbank. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs> that, that should be an uproarious edit for you. That's going to be a lot of fun to edit that yeah. one. Man. He'll be cursing that, us. That, <laughs> when he sits down to edit that, he'll be cursing our names.